Welcome to Dad Up, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. As I've said before, I appreciate the feedback I've received about the show. If you have not done so yet, please make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything. And also, please make sure to rate the show and share it with others. I would appreciate it. My guest today on Dad Up is John Atwood. John is the superintendent at Western Christian Schools. Western Christian Schools is a very reputable private Christian school consisting of preschool all the way up to high school. This school year, Western Christian celebrates its 100-year anniversary. For the past 100 years, Western Christian Schools has existed to love the Lord Jesus Christ, to teach the truth, and to serve others. John, a graduate himself from Western Christian High School, has a strong faculty that fully support and believe in the school's mission. The faculty continue to guide the students to not only excel academically, but spiritually as well. John is not only very successful in his career, but he is a devoted family man. He and his wife have two awesome kids. He is an avid outdoorsman, sports fanatic, and is very grounded in his faith. He and his wife, Shauna, believe the core foundation of their family is built on their strong Christian faith and their family's relationship with the Lord. I am thankful John took some time to join me on Dad Up today. In our conversation, John speaks to his spiritual foundation and how he uses it to help guide his children to have a strong relationship with the Lord. I believe our conversation will impact you not only spiritually, but will help you by providing useful techniques in raising your kids with a strong spiritual foundation. I am very excited to have John Atwood on Dad Up. John, thank you very much for joining me on, on my podcast, Data Podcast. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to do join it. me. I really do appreciate it, sir. It's a pleasure, certainly, a pleasure to have you on. But let's do this. Let's start off. You know, my listeners don't know who you are. You and I have been friends for a few years now yeah. um, with your kids and all that. My listeners don't know who you are and, and, and what you do and all that. So can you just tell me uh, about yourself, about your life and your story, your family, your kids, what you do now, all that kind of stuff. Just tell me about your story. Glad to. And, and, and I'm the better for knowing you, Brian, and knowing your kids. And yeah, I'm uh, John Atwood. I'm a superintendent at Western Christian Schools in both Upland and Claremont. Uh, that's what I do for a living. But the best part of my life is getting to be a father to two kids, Abby and Logan, and getting to be a husband to my wife, Shauna. I was raised in a home, started out being raised in a home where dad was around, mom was there, they were married, dad was a pastor, me and my sister, I'm the older of two, me and my sister grew up in, in a Christian home, in a, in a place where mom and dad loved each other, and then that all fell apart. Dad left, bailed on my mom, had an affair, and so my world kind of got rocked at a young age, I think it was about 12 years old when that happened, and so life kind of shifted at that point and walked through some pretty hard years after that, made some really stupid choices in my life, and the Lord redeemed all of that and has blessed me with a career that I love, getting to uh, love kids and love families and, and serve them as they grow in their education. But, but most importantly, I uh, have a wonderful family, and the Lord has blessed me tenfold for, for all the things that, that I kind of walked through before. So that's kind of my brief story in a nutshell, and it informs a lot of who I am now. Wow. That, well, that's great. That's a, uh, you know, I didn't even know those things about you. Um, <laughs> you know, we've known each other for uh, quite a few years, but I, did, I didn't know those things about you. But so you yeah. had a, you had a pretty, pretty rough, it sounds like you had a good childhood, but then a pretty rough out good. teenage years. It yeah. might have been the rough years. Yep. Yep. And, Started uh, out strong and, and, and a lot of a, the foundation actually that I, 
I live off of now was established at that point. There was a lot of great things that I saw growing up, but then because of some decisions outside of my control by my father, you know, things shifted greatly. And then, yeah, the teenage years got difficult. Right. Now, you being a superintendent of a Christian school, Mm -hmm. did you grow up in private school your whole life or did you go to public school? That's a great question. I I actually didn't for a period of time. I, I, you know, kindergarten through sixth grade, I was a public school kid. And I think public schools were a little bit different at the time uh, than they are now, at least in California. When my dad left about sixth grade was when Western Christian kind of came into my life at a time when my mom needed a job and, and they hired her and they said that I could start attending a Christian school or their Christian school. And so I started going to Western Christian school in seventh grade and it changed my life. And it all kind of hinged around that time when my dad left. God knew what he was doing at that point. Right. Um, as if he doesn't already know all right. what he's doing. But yeah, yeah, that was a pivotal moment in my life when I started going to a Christian school. Wow, so you, you, you were blessed at that age, for sure. I was. I was. Uh, it, it certainly led you in the right direction. Well, I don't want to get too much on the topic of, of you. You're a great guy, and I love your story. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is really yeah. about your experience as a dad. As a dad, yeah, let's talk about And it. I know you have two kids. You have a boy and a girl. Yeah. What's their ages again? So Abby is 13 and Logan's 11. Okay. All right. And, so you're yeah, so eighth and eighth and uh, sixth grade. Yep. Do they both go to Little Western? Yeah, I'm I'm blessed that they actually get to both attend Western Christian. Cool. And now Abby's coming into high school here. <laughs> she is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know who's more worried about that, her or me. But, <laughs> but yeah, she's going to begin here soon, and, and time does fly. Right. I remembered like it was yesterday when she was born, and now she's going to be stepping into high school soon. Yeah, so we're getting ready right. for that. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it goes fast. I mean, just, just the younger years go fast, but once they get into high school, it, it zooms by because, I mean, it seems like just, just yesterday that I was bringing Blake there, his, <laughs> his, uh, you know, he, I remember. he pull him out of one school and, and he met with you and I met with you and went to the junior college. He'll be That's done amazing. Now. Yeah, he'll be done in one year. He, he finishes, he was finished six months early. So, he'll be you know, Brian, I was, I was hoping to, as a product of this conversation, feel younger. He just made me feel a lot older. <laughs> but uh, no, I remember well meeting meeting your boys each individually, and and as a dad, you've done a great job. They're they're coming, they're turning into great men. So it's exciting I, to watch happen. I appreciate that. I mean, a lot yeah. coming from you. I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. What do you enjoy most about being a dad? It's probably outside of again being a husband, and also you know in my career, it's the most meaningful thing I do. A lot of my life, when God grabbed my heart, it became about serving him and sharing about who he was. And those two people, my children, Abby and Logan, are the people that I have the most time to share Jesus with. And so I think it's watching them. uh, The greatest thing about it is watching them discover how much the Lord loves them and to get to have a front row seat in all of that, to be there when it's hard, to be there when it's easy, but just to be present, to see. God love these two individuals. It, there's there's nothing bigger than that for me, right? And but, um, so they're they're very uh, very connected spiritually. Then that's 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 great. That's the hope. Yeah, um, yeah. that's the goal. <laughs> there's times when kids kind of go their own path. Do you have that concern at all, or, or do yeah, you, do you feel of course. Yeah, yeah, I have that concern. I you know I don't think anybody's above making the wrong decision, uh, other than Jesus Himself. So, right. uh, kids are human beings, and they're prone to wandering. And of course, I, I certainly see that uh, potential in my own children. 
I don't know that my life's goal is to prevent them from ever making a bad decision. I think that would be a, a pretty brutal goal to have because right. they're human beings. But at the same time, yeah, I worry about it. The culture that they live in is increasingly against what we as a family value and believe in, which is God's word and, and what it says. And so the impact of culture on them is certainly something I, I'm concerned about and that uh, I want to be a buffer for. Right. And that, that could probably be one of the challenges as, as a dad is, it is. is trying to protect them, you know, keep them, I guess, I guess you could say grounded to their faith. It what, is. what, what other challenges do you face as being a dad? You know, I, I think because of my story a little bit, because of how I, how I grew up, I've noticed in my own life, but also in observations of others, a lot of parenting tends to be a, a reaction against what you experienced. So if, if dad wasn't around, then as in my case, then maybe I want to try and make up for that and be around at everything. If, if dad or mom was one way, then I want to be the opposite of that. And what I've tried to, to, to realize is that parenting isn't really supposed to be a reaction against things in your own life. Parenting is really supposed to be a response to God's call on you to shepherd the individuals that he's given you and your children and to lead them according to what he wants you to do. And so a lot of what I battle is trying to do things as a reaction against what I experienced as opposed to doing things rooted in what God asks of me as a father. Um, right. I find that battle constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of touched there on, on uh, you know, trying to raise your kids or be there for your kids in a way that maybe your parents weren't there for yeah. you or, yeah. or didn't. And it's funny, I, you know, that's that's kind of been my whole purpose in, uh-huh. in being a dad is when, uh-huh. when I had, my, I mean, my parents were, were around, they're still around. Uh-huh. They're still married. They're great people, that. by the way. I see them a lot. Thank, yeah. <laughs> thank you. But, you know, when I grew up, they were working. So mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they were they were hardly around. I, I mean, right. I, mean, I can remember sporting events, the games that I had that they just, sure. just didn't come to. And I just yeah. promised myself that I wouldn't be that way with my kids, regardless of, of the career that I had. I wasn't going right. to miss that. Right. And that's why I think that's why I'm so involved, and so you know, I coach and all that stuff. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm so involved in their lives. I just I don't want to miss it. And right. even even my older son's gone now. He's in college. And I still want to be a part of his life and, and no kind of miss that part of it. You know, I, that's that mm-hmm. part of, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm able to be active and coach with him still. Right. But, right. but next year. It changes kind of, a little bit. Yeah. 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 So, um, but how has your life changed? You know, how did it change when you became a dad? <laughs> oh, it was night and day. I remember uh, the, the day I brought Abby home right after she had been born. I was putting her in her car seat in the car. And I remember never feeling in my life as vulnerable and as exposed as I was in that moment. There was this precious little life that right. that if I made the wrong decision or the wrong move could drastically affect her. I, I told my wife at the time, it's like having my heart outside of my body and the world can see it and do whatever it wants. And so it changed dramatically. I just realized my whole a lot of my purpose, not all of my purpose, but a large portion of my purpose is to ensure that this life, this precious life becomes all that it's supposed to be. And so my focus shifted away from me, away from some of the things that I would have wanted toward what was best for this life. And and my wife and I both had to make that shift. And and that's a challenge in and of itself because you're married and you, you kind of have all these expectations for what that's going to look like. And then you've got this 
wonderful screaming, crying little uh, bundle of joy that life becomes very much about. And so, yeah, I, I, I can remember it like it was yesterday, that shift. Right. Yeah, that's a common common theme when I talk to, when I interview dads, that's that's what they say. They say, it's, it's no longer about me, it's about, about them. Right. And, and, and it's a huge, it's a huge responsibility. If you want to have kids, you have to accept that responsibility head that's on. Right. And, that's uh, right. And, it's an important decision. Some people I don't think know they're making <laughs> when they do that, but right. yeah, it's a, it's a valuable decision and it's probably the most important one a human being can make outside of, I believe, following Jesus uh, and who you're going to marry yeah. is to decide the parent. Yeah. And uh, me and my wife, we made that. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Finish what you're saying. I was just saying that was a decision me and my wife made and, and one actually that when I had my children, I resolved in myself and enough myself, I, because I think, again, we talked about reactions to things we've experienced in the past. I said, this is something that I will die. This is a hill I will die on doing is being a dad who is present. I will not be a man who leads in any way my wife or my children. And I'm in it to the end till I stop breathing. It doesn't right. matter whether they're five or 18 or 70. I don't right. think I'll live that, that long to see them that old. But but I mean, it, it's a lifelong commitment. And, right. and honestly, there was a freedom in that. I found that thinking of myself less was actually a wonderful thing. Caring for these kids gave me a freedom I didn't know before because right. life became less about me and more about something better and bigger. And that's a good thing. Right. Right. And, I mean, and isn't it fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's fun. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's challenging and yep. it could be, it could be a pain and it could be give you a headache and it can make you your hairs turn gray, but it is a fun. It's a fun experience to go through. It's a blast. Right. And, and, and all that pain, I think informs the meaning behind it. And when it's joyful because of all that struggle and all that work that it takes, man, it's like, you know, when you see your kid do the right thing or they say something that, that just blows your mind with its depth and, and uh-huh. maybe the kindness, it's like winning the Super Bowl every time, you know, not that I know what that feels like, but I mean, it's, it's like a really special thing that you can't get anywhere else. I mean, I've done things at work that maybe were successful. I've done other things outside of, of work and life that were fun. But when you see your children in some way do something that just gives you joy, there's nothing like it. It's a blast. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you and your wife, how do you guys, this is kind of shifting gears a little bit, how yeah, do you guys handle yeah. You're going into the teenage years now, and yeah, teenage well, years can 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 provide some additional challenges. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to discipline, how do you guys handle that? Because you know, you right. teenage teenage can be a hard hard uh, transition. So yeah, how do you guys well, handle that? Stuff? I think our focus it has increased. Meaning, it's kind of like all 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 of what we've done for the last thirteen years has been training for these next few years to ensure or to do the best we can to ensure that Abby in particular, because she's the one that's going into it first, is prepared and ready, that there will be loving accountability there for her, that we're not going to just kind of drift off and assume that because she now can, you know, do some things on her own, that she's okay to be left alone. In fact, for us, these next few years become even more critical uh, because She's of the age to make certain decisions, but she's literally, bi- uh, biologically or biochemically, she is completely unaware of any consequence, meaning her prefrontal lobe has not fully developed yet. 
And so yes. she can make decisions, but she has no concept of, of how they will affect her 10, 15 years down the line, meaning Correct. that we have to be very, very uh, just present in her life and be very involved and, and listen a lot, uh, but also guide and direct a lot. So right. we're getting ready for that. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, decisions that they make now mm-hmm. can impact their life later, for sure. And, right. and it's something that, that as parents we're aware of, but we have to help <laughs> guide them and make them aware of that as well. And, and it's, and it's more so like with my boys or even let's just use the, the basketball team, for example, yeah, we stress yeah. to the, we stress to our players, listen, you have to watch what you post on social media That's right? because the things that you post, regardless of them going away after 24 hours or not, they're still there. <laughs> they're there later on in life and jobs right. will look at that stuff. Other people yep. will look at that stuff and you'll be critiqued based on what you post. So you have There's to be no careful about that. that. Absolutely. So when it comes to that, though, you know, with, with the discipline and all that, do you yep. guys, as far as social media goes, how do you guys handle the social media aspect of that? Because yeah, it's huge right now. It's a great question. Yeah, and it's it's one that every parent needs to ask and talk talk through. Right now, Abby, our, our daughter, doesn't have, and, and our son, for that matter, doesn't have, uh, they don't have any social media accounts. That's not because we won't let them eventually. It's just we need to see that they're at a place where they understand the gravity of, or, or to the best of their ability, understand the gravity of that responsibility. I'm so glad, Brian, I didn't have a cell phone or a smartphone or, or social media when I was in high school because um, I would be so ashamed and embarrassed of the, the things I probably would have said or done at that time. I don't even know that I have the job I do. That's God's grace to me and everybody else, I guess, uh, because yeah. of that. Meaning, though, that my children and, and the, uh, all of our children have tremendous power to affect their lives by simple swipe of a of a of a phone, you know, a swipe mm-hmm. across a phone or, or entering a text. We've talked a lot with Abby about that. We've even shown her examples in some ways of things that that aren't healthy, that aren't good. I think one of the most subtle and deceptive aspects of social media, it's not just the salacious big post that that ruins somebody's life later. It's this constant presenting of a false image of who we are. You know, in social media, you don't see the dark days most of the time with people. You don't see life as it really is. You see this kind of glossed up cover of a magazine lifestyle. And we kind of have indirectly trained our kids to think that that's what life's supposed to look like on the outside. So we've talked a lot about how that's not real how, you know, we want to be as real with our lives as possible, but also be as wise with what we share with the world as possible. Because those those uh, decisions have tremendous consequence. You look at celebrities or athletes now who are taken to task for posts or things that they've done 15, 20 years ago, right, right that nobody was even thinking about, but right. yet they threw it out there and they're having to account for it later. I don't want mm-hmm. my daughter or my kids as best I can help it to have to, to walk through that. Right. So that, no. that was a long answer to your question. No, no, that's that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, it it is uh, you know, with my boys, they had cell phones at, at we got them cell phones at thirteen. Yeah. I don't I don't recall at what age they started with the social media, but yeah, uh, you know, there's so many apps out there now that they yeah. use, but there's also uh, apps that parents can use. That's to right. control that. I've had guests on that have said that they've used they use those parental control apps to mm-hmm. to keep 
keep check on them. And, right. you know, nowadays it's even the, even when they, you know, when they get older and they have a license and they're driving, mm-hmm. you know, we, you have, you have the Life 360 app. That, right. You know, I can follow, <laughs> I can follow, and I do, I follow Brett right now. Right. Uh, uh, he's on Life 360. And it, I know where he's at. And it'll tell me if he gets into a car accident. It'll tell right. me if he's speeding. It'll tell me if he's on his phone. Yep. It'll tell me all those things. So That's a great, you know, great function we use too, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. When it comes to them getting older, what, yeah. if they were to follow in your footsteps, would you be okay with that? I mean, is that something that, that they've <laughs> Depends on which, which steps exactly we're talking right. about. Your career, career yeah. move. I mean, you, you, you've sure. been very successful in what, you, in what you've accomplished. It's something that they should look up to and admire. Uh-huh. But they have such a hardworking dad that, that's, been, uh, that's been so successful in his career. Is that yeah. something that, that they you. have an, an interest in, in following? I don't... I don't, maybe this is a phenomenon that other dads would echo, but I don't know that they're too impressed with me <laughs> in my career. They think that that's kind of normal, and and not that it's even that. Again, you were gracious to me. I haven't accomplished as much as many uh, men like you who have served uh, our country, given your life and time for for uh, our nation and for for people like me. That to me is a is a bigger accomplishment. But oh, well, I, you know, Abby Abby has talked about teaching. And you know what? I think anything done, and, and I don't mean to over-spiritualize things, but I really believe this, anything done unto the Lord in service to others unto the Lord is a noble pursuit, whether that's teaching or not. I think teaching is a, a wonderful, wonderful, transformative thing if done with care and love for the kids that you serve. If you're doing it to get some kind of gratification from being in charge of a classroom or you know, have fantasies about, you know, the glamour of education. I don't know if there's such a thing, but I mean, then, then I think that's the wrong reason to get involved in, in this because it is about laying down your life for eight hours a day or more at times to love kids where they're at and to make sure that they understand content, but that more importantly, it's growing into men and women who are going to do great things. And so as I've talked with Abby, uh, she's discussed wanting to be a teacher and I just wanted her to understand what that means. It doesn't mean just standing up in front of people and saying what you know. It means laying down your life for 8 to 10 hours or more a day and caring for, for these people in your charge so that they become who they're supposed to be. And that doesn't necessarily get talked about just in a degree. You know, and I think, again, being a superintendent, that's a whole different ball of wax, you know. But, but if you don't love people, if you don't love kids, then education isn't the place for for anybody. You got to love people and love kids. So, you know, I really ultimately, Brian, want them to be, and again, it sounds trite, it sounds overused, but I want them to be who God has called them to be. I want them to be brave and bold and strong, but loving and humble and caring. And I know no matter what they do, it doesn't matter if they're, you know, a maintenance worker. It doesn't matter if they're a professor. It doesn't matter if they're a Marine or a police officer, if they are loving God and loving people, then I will die well, knowing that that's who they became. At the same time, I I will say that there's uh, nothing more fun than getting to teach kids uh, about who God is and about how much he loves them in whatever subject you're teaching. So if my children wanted to do that, they'd have nothing but support from me. That's awesome. That's a great answer. something that we I think we all want for our kids uh, yeah. is, is that we just want them to be, you know, productive right. members of society that is doing something that they love to do 
as long as it's not illegal or anything like that. Right? So, uh, and Brian, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, complain if they're, they ended up making $10 million a year and kicked right. a little back to dad. That's not going to be an issue for me. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. what do you wish you knew now or, mm. excuse me, what do you wish you knew before that you know now becoming dad? That I wasn't going to do it perfectly. I think, you know, when you're young, you, you're idealistic and you think that you're going to nail it and just do everything the right way. And then you encounter reality. <laughs> Right. And you realize that you're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes that you and your wife are going to walk through uh, things as you lead your kids where you go, man, we dropped the ball or we missed it. Right. But I, I wish I would have known going into that 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 was going to happen so that I could, for my wife and I, just have a little more grace with ourselves in all of that to realize that as we parent, we want our kids to know God and we want them to love people and, and, and become great citizens. But we also are supposed to be doing that as well. We haven't arrived yet either. And so I believe God uses me being a dad to actually shape and mold me as an individual. And I, and I wish I would have known that, that it wasn't about perfection. You know, in baseball, you hit, you know, 35% of the pitches and you get on base. Man, you're like going to win MVP. In parenting, though, we think we have to be 100% at everything and we're not going to be. And it's really just that at each point where we fail, it's it's a statement that, that we really need God to be guiding and directing us in this. I think I started out kind of thinking, I can do this and then have the Lord leading me on the side. Then I realized, wait a second, God's got to guide this whole process, and I'm going to mess up a lot, and I'm going to need him a lot. But that's not a bad thing. Right. In fact, it's a good thing uh, to need God. So, oh. yeah, that's what I wish I would have known. Yeah, and, you know, making the mistakes, it's genuine uh, for your kids mm-hmm. to see that. Too, it's true. You know? It's true. I mean, they, you make mistakes with them. It's, it's, how do you correct it now? How do you That's go right. back to them and talk to them and show them the mistakes that you made and tell them the actions that you're taking to correct it so that it doesn't happen right. again? That's so right. I think that's a, it's a, it's a learning process. Yeah, that's a learning process for your kids too. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this: when it comes yeah. to new, when it comes to parenting, though, you know, there's, I mean, you have a couple of teachers there that have new babies or yeah. that are going to be parents. What what, yeah. what advice would you give to new dads? That's a great question. First thing I would say, and I've seen this actually modeled in your life, Brian, is to love your wife. To absolutely oh, love your wife. And again, you model that. When we lose sight of that as, as, as married couples and we lose sight of our spouse because we're so focused on our kids, we end up doing our kids actually an indirect disservice because they don't see what that looks like. And maybe the greatest thing we can do for them outside of leading them to know God is to choose a spouse who would love God as well and raise a family of their own in, in a good way. And so love your wife, take care of her, or love your husband, one of the two, um, and take care of the person that God's put in your life to raise those kids with. And then, this is going to sound a little bit contrary, or I think it runs counterculture a little bit. Don't be afraid to discipline. Uh, Don't be afraid to lovingly discipline and set up boundaries. There's no more loving thing than you can do at times than to tell uh, a young person no to say no to certain things because, you know, if I got what I wanted all of my life, I, I can tell you right now, I would not be in the position I'm in. God was gracious enough in a lot of ways to tell me no. 
and I had a parent, a mom in particular, who laid the foundation by by saying no when I wanted something that was going to harm me. I think when we teach our kids that there are certain things that are okay and good and right, and then there are other things that are not okay, and don't shy away from that, then we love them well. When we let our kids figure it out on their own, I, I don't know if there's a worse way to raise kids. I'm all for being progressive and thinking about how we can do things better or differently than maybe right. before. But not when it comes to that. There are certain things that are just timeless, and kids need leadership and direction, and they need discipline. The Bible tells us that God disciplines those he loves. Uh, right. We as parents, because we love our kids, need to discipline them. That's different than just punish them. Discipline right. means to disciple them, to show them what is right and what is wrong, and to lead them through this life. To not be afraid to discipline, to love your wife. And then I think you kind of alluded to it before. To have fun. That's right. the other thing I would have I would have done differently. I would have had more fun. I was so serious about everything when I was younger, <laughs> you know, and took myself so seriously. Uh, have fun with being a dad. Have fun with, with your children. Laugh with them. Enjoy them. If the Bible is true, and I believe it is, God says they are gifts. Our children are gifts given by him to us. And right. so we should enjoy what is good and, and, and what God has given we need to enjoy our children. They need to see us enjoy them. Uh, otherwise, they see us just serious all the time and, and kind of being curmudgeons. Maybe they translate that to how God views them, and that's not true at all. God delights in his children. And so we need to delight in ours. We need to have fun with them. So right. those would be the three things. Those, those are the great answers. And, you know, going back to those things that you just said, it's, yeah. it's, they, they see everything. Uh-huh. So yeah, they do. How, how you treat your spouse, You're right. how, how you discipline them, they see those things and yeah, they they'll, either, they'll either model that mm-hmm. or they'll go another direction. And, and if you're teaching them the right way on how you handle either your spouse or mm-hmm. disciplining them, mm-hmm. they, they see that in that. That's, that's, right. how that's how they'll grow. I mean, that's, that's, that's how right. they develop. That's how, they, that's how they'll transition into, the, into their adult lives. So, that's right. Um, no, that's great. That's great. That's, that's great. Now, my final question, I'm going to let you go. We've been we've yeah. a little longer than, than I had anticipated for you. I know you're busy. But no, I that's because all, I'm, long, I'm long-winded, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I ask all my dads that I have on the show, if you had the secret sauce to raising good kids, what would that secret sauce be if you had to share it with somebody? Yeah. Again, it's not going to sound new. If a, I believe if a man surrenders his life to Jesus Christ in every way and seeks to do that daily, he will be a good father. I don't think the two are, are independent. What I do with God impacts what I do with my children. And that doesn't mean that I won't make mistakes if I surrender my life to Jesus. But if daily I say, God, you're in charge of my life. You're in charge of how I lead my life. You're in charge of how I lead my kids. I will be a better father. I will be a good father. And believe me, I know what's at stake. I saw the other end. Uh, I saw what it what it might look like when, when there's not a good father around. But right. if I submit my life to Jesus and, and follow what he's asking me to do in his word, then I think I'm going to be a, a pretty good dad because it's about him now leading me in that. Because at the end of the day, we're all kids, aren't we? I mean, right. God's our father. And if we obey him, then we're going to raise our kids to do well. So that'd be my secret sauce. It's not pretty, but it's the, no, it is. the one that matters uh, the most. 
Yeah, no, amen to that. I, uh, that's a great answer. I really, uh, really appreciate you sharing that. And listen, let me tell you something. You represent the data community very well. Uh, you're a successful, not only in your career, but you're successful in your family. I see it. I know the type of person you are. Um, you're genuine. And I see how happy your kids are when I do. You know, I don't see them often because they're at, typically at the other school. Mm-hmm. But when I sure. do see them at the high school, uh, they're such yeah. happy kids. Oh, and um, thank you. I, have, I have to commend you. You're doing something great. You're doing something right with them. And keep it up. Um, well, so. you honor me, and I'm, I'm thrilled that that was all recorded on tape. I'll play that over <laughs> uh, for, for my wife or anybody else maybe in a moment that might disagree. But, no, I, I'm grateful uh, for the privilege of being on this, and I'm so glad, Brian, that you're actually talking about this, this topic of what it means to be a, a good dad, what it means to care for your kids. And it's very much needed in our culture, and you're doing great things with it. So thanks for letting me be a part of it. I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, that means a lot to me, John. I'm going to let you go, but I Great. appreciate you taking taking about it, you know, 35 minutes or so out of your day to chat with me and uh, share some insight on being a dad. It's been an honor and a pleasure, and I greatly appreciate you and for just for being on the show. Likewise. I'm the better for it, Brian. Thank you, and God bless you, and God bless right. your audience. God bless <laughs> you, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. Once again, a special thank you to John Atwood for talking with me on Dad Up. As you heard, he is very passionate about his love for Jesus Christ. He is a good friend to many, and it was an absolute joy to have him on the show. John knows what a real relationship with Jesus Christ looks like, and he knows how to teach his kids and others about that relationship. Western Christian Schools has not only had an amazing impact on all the families it has served, but Western Christian High School has made a tremendous impact on both my sons. My wife and I will be forever grateful for Western Christian Schools. I pray not only for John's continued leadership, but also the school's continued success in impacting the lives of the families they serve. John represents the Dad Up community very well. Thank you as always for listening to the show. And as I said before, if you haven't subscribed, please make sure you do so so you don't miss anything. I have some awesome guests lined up, so please stay locked in for those. Also, please make sure you rate the show and share the show with others. The only way this show gets traction is if you're sharing it. So it would be awesome if you could do that for me. If you have any comments, questions, or would like to be a guest on the show, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at Coach B Ward, or you can email me at daduptribe at gmail.com. As always, I am your host, Brian Ward, and I thank you for listening. This is Dad Up. Dad Up.